every platform that we're using, every tech platform, there's a little AI button there to help you out for writing. And in six months, 12 months, 18 months, even in property management, if one of my employees, all they're using is AI to write their and solve their property management problems in the company for our clients, are, is anybody going to be able to write an email on their own independently? Hey, investors, you're listening to the Investing to Win podcast, the show dedicated to empowering investors to achieve financial freedom and live your best life. This show is committed to offering honest conversation between investors, common sense strategies, real-time market updates, and professional guidance to achieving financial freedom. Investing doesn't have to be super hands-on or complicated. We are all about passive investments with real gain, so you have freedom of time and money. Your host is none other than Garrett Wong, who brings decades of experience in buying, renovating, and managing cash flow investment properties. Thanks for being here and get ready to invest to win. Good morning, investment community. This is Garrett Wong, your host of the Investing to Win podcast. I am by myself today in a solo podcast because I wanted to discuss AI again. Now, last week, in last week's episode, I had Carrie Sauvey on. She is uh, an expert in AI. Um, she is the AI consultant for EXP Realty, which is a very tech-forward realtor brokerage platform. Um, they've done some amazing things, and it's not a surprise that uh, you know they're embracing AI. So Carrie had spoken about you know just how to use ChatGPT in your business, how she as a consultant can structure um, an entire workflow and process. I mean, I would encourage you to listen to it, but you know, just just to summarize one point that kind of blew me away. She said you could, you know, if you're a realtor and you're struggling, you could go and ask ChatGPT, what is the market like right now, right? Because there are plugins that uh, ChatGPT can can uh, actually have current information. It's as accessing current information on the internet. Ask ChatGPT about the current market conditions. Try to identify which sector of the real estate market is selling or not selling, um, just to hedge your bets. And then develop an entire, basically, strategy and drip campaign to target that entire sector and then come up with listing agreement or sorry, listing appointment, talking points, objection handling, the whole nine yards, and then obviously the analysis that comes with it. And she said that's just sort of a, a 30 second thing she recommends for her clients once a month. So it, it really blew me away. And I wanted to stimulate a discussion here to even ask you, the audience, are you using AI? Have you have you looked at ChatGPT? Do you have? I, I know I introduced my my own kids to it. Well, kids, they're nineteen and twenty one, college and university, and it's been invaluable. Um, not to say that I'm advocating that they, you know, write a seven hundred and fifty word essay on whatever subject, but um, you know, my my younger son's in IT and in his programming class, it's been very helpful just to sort of see examples of different different programming languages, different scripts. Um, my older son's uh, in nursing school right now and just to be able to research things. And and I use it. I use it in my business all the time. And, and I use it more as a search engine, uh, to coin a phrase with Carrie, a search engine on steroids because 
I can go to Google and I mean, I'm going to use my, my fishing passion here and then I could Google something about fishing or I could go to chat GPT and it will search every single thing for me. And, and it's been great. Um, I can ask it now because of the internet, um, and the current information it's accessing. If there's a platform that I'm learning, um, then I can ask for, you know, the most current things. If it's something on Excel that I'm not quite sure, I can say, can you write me a formula that is going to do X, Y, and Z? And it will just say, sure, copy and paste this and tell me exactly where to do it. And all of a sudden, I'm an advanced Excel programmer. So it's quite amazing. What I want to discuss today, though, is what are the implications of AI? Uh, you know, today is November 10th, and last weekend... Um, OpenAI, Open that's the company or the platform that is responsible for ChatGPT, changed their platform again. So now they're able to, you can copy and paste actual images. You can have a lot more data. You can copy and paste into ChatGPT, have it analyze it, and then spit something out at you. And you can keep this sort of copy-paste regurgitate type of thing and you keep giving it instructions just as an example um, each time you get this data back and the data that you put in is completely different and optimized from the data you 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 uh, put out and uh, or you get out rather and there's entire companies that are sprouting up every day and the people who are in this industry it's incredible I, I can't even begin to describe to you it's incredible what's coming out but is it scary is it too fast is it too soon and again, what are those implications? Let's just talk about our kids. I talked about my kids. I mean, there's, you know, 19 and 21. What about if you're listening here and you have younger children, you know, 9, 10, 11 years old, they're in middle school, and you don't know that they're using ChatGPT maybe to help them write an essay. Um, are they, you know, that's where I'm, I'm, I think where I'm really feeling, I'm not really on, on board with that part of it because what is it going to do to our youth? What is it going to do for learning in the future? Um, knowledge. I mean, we all know, well, not everyone, but at 52 years of age, um, hopefully there's some 50-year-olds out there. You know, we went through school without the internet, you know, at least in my, my early years. And Encyclopedia Britannica, my, my parents had an entire three shelves in our living room where when I wanted to do a research on an essay, I had to drag one of those old dusty volumes over to the couch, slam it open, the smell, right, of those pages and look up that, right? Look up that subject or go to the library and research it. And there was something inherent in that process of research because in my mind, and even when I'm trying to train my employees, you know, when you ask a question and you have to find the answer, and the struggle to find that answer is more than just if somebody gives you that answer. That's how you learn, right? I mean, at least that's my core belief. That's how you learn, right? And if you're struggling in your work, your school, whatever it might be in your business to answer that question, and you're researching on how to the best way to do it, then you know your subject matter, right? And that's that's why you're able to go and maybe, you know, present in front of an audience in a keynote for an hour, 45 minutes, because you know your subject. As opposed to, hey, ChatGPT, I'm going to be doing a keynote speech this weekend. 
on ethics and AI. Can you give me some bullet points, right? And I promise I didn't do that here. And, you know, you get this big speech, you memorize it, and then there's a Q&A period after, and you don't know your stuff because you didn't research it. Somebody gave you this speech. So that's where I'm kind of really seeing maybe a little bit of warning bells even in my own staff, you know, my, sorry, my uh, property management company, you know, property management is very, very complex and we're starting to use AI and I can already see it in some of my employees, you know, some of the answers that are coming back on email to my, our investor clients are a little bit too sophisticated, almost, I'd, I'd actually like to say too much. I mean, if I've got a client, you know, who's been with us for 10, 12 years and all of a sudden they're getting instead of just a very short email, you know, warmest regards, hope your health is well these days. I'd like to, you know, give my heartfelt thanks to you for being a client. I mean, it's just, it's over the top and that's fine. It's AI. So I think if you use AI as a tool, um, then it can structure whatever you need, as long as you are using your own brain to kind of temper that right? You, you should really have the final say. Don't just copy and paste. Did you know that there is a big difference between investing in real estate and becoming a real estate investor? People become real estate investors all the time. They get into a flip or conversion project or even dealing with long-term tenants. And they come back to us to tell us the same thing. It's like having another full-time job. I don't know about you, but that's not what we call investing. Investing in real estate is about having your money work for you in a way that is passive, consistent, most importantly, hands-off. So which one are you? Do you want to be a real estate investor or do you want to invest in real estate? For those that are open to investing in real estate and having your money work for you, listen up. Garrett Wong has spent decades helping thousands of property owners navigate the ins and outs of property investing and management through his award-winning company, Upper Edge Property Management. Their new division, Upper Edge Capital, is currently involved in multiple projects, from single-family flips to multifamily development. Are you looking for a healthy return on your invested capital, or perhaps becoming a joint venture partner? If so, go to www.upperedgecapital.com forward slash invest to book a time to speak with Garrett and his team to see if there is a fit. Once again, the link is www upperedgecapital.com forward slash invest. Now back to the show. But the title of what I wanted to talk about today is actually um, just ethics, right? I mean, what, what do we talk about with ethics? How does that apply to AI? Because it's a huge debate out there right now. You know, I, I mean, is it a critical consideration? I don't know. Um, that's what I want to talk about, kind of debate with myself and the audience here, because I think one of the biggest things with AI is the believability of it. So as humans versus machines, uh, you know, thinking Terminator right now, but humans are matrix, humans versus machines, the bias of AI. And you're like, what is he talking about? Well, how do you know the information that ChatGPT that it's giving you is good. Because if you, I mean, my wife is a nurse and, you know, she hates it when people come in and they're like, well, I've already researched this on the internet. I think I have this, this, and this ailment. Um, and 
So if you were to research something on Google, and it might take you 15, 20, 25 minutes versus 30 seconds on ChatGPT, where is ChatGPT getting its information from? Okay, from the internet, the same place. However, the 15, 20 minute research session that you just did is you looking at all of that information and using your judgment and brain as a human to say, you know what, I can see that this information is written by somebody who, you know, the spelling mistakes, it's not very accurate. It's probably just a blog. How many times have we seen that? Um, even in, in something medical. I mean, I have a medical background, medical research background. And when I want to research something, quite often, I'm going to go to something like PubMed and I'm going to look at peer-reviewed journals on that actual, that scientific subject, right? Because to me, that's, I mean, that's my background. That's what I'm comfortable in versus looking at the opinion of somebody who wrote a blog who, it, uh, you know, or an editorial, that's just their opinion. Well, how do you know ChatGPT is not taking that information into account? Now, you know, OpenAI, maybe I'm going to get a phone call from them after they listen to this podcast and say, well, no, we've, this is our algorithm and this is what they're doing and that's fine. But who's programming it that way? So that's, Really, I mean, you know, computers they used to have back in my day when I took computer programming in high school, you know, garbage in, garbage out was a very strong computer term. And what you put in affects your output. And that's what I'm worried about when we talk about bias and discrimination. How can AI systems inherit these biases in the training data that has been fed to them by the programmers? Right. And if that happens on purpose or inadvertently, it's going to lead to a discriminatory outcome. Okay. So that's, that's what we're talking about, right? Whether you're using it as a hiring tool or even, I mean, they're getting into facial recognition, right? I mean, we're here, this is right now. It's a little bit scary. I think it's, it's good in a really big sense. I don't want the listeners to think that, uh, I'm going off the other side because I'm not. I think AI is amazing. We're going to be incorporating it into many of our businesses. I think as a tool, it's wonderful. I just worry, where are we going? Um, if we use AI, like there's plugins for everything. Like every platform that we're using, every tech platform, there's a little AI button there to help you out for writing. Um, I'm sure Gmail and Out Outlook have that right now already. Or if they don't, there's a plugin available for it. And in six months, 12 months, 18 months, even in property management, if one of my employees, all they're using is AI to write their and solve their property management problems in the company for our clients, are, is anybody going to be able to write an email on their own independently? I mean, it, it's a muscle, right? The brain's a muscle. I mean, creative writing all of a sudden you're using AI to write everything for you. So that's, that's kind of where I'm, I'm worried about that. Right. Um, so that's sort of ethics there. And how do we build trust in the AI system? Why is AI crucial or eth ethics and AI crucial for, you know, the sustainability of technology in this industry and advancement. So I think really, it, it's with the garbage in garbage out point that I'm, I brought up there. It, it really comes down to the developers, I think, which is making sure. And I'm just saying this as talking points, right? 
inclusive design, right? When you have AI development teams, it has to be diverse. The team has to be diverse in their thinking and how they're programming it to make sure that it might be harder to program their search AI, I guess I'm going to say algorithms, or I don't know what you call it, scripts, programming, language, um, to be more diverse, to, to look at more things, right? It's very easy to have it a shorter uh, programming script and, and code to give back and result in something that doesn't search enough, far enough, reaching far enough across the internet to give the proper information back to the user. I think that's, that's what we're talking about here. So those teams, programming teams have to make sure they put the time and effort into developing those scripts and algorithms to reduce bias. And then let's talk about regulation because there's a lot of things going on right now that I'm even seeing in the news today and who knows what it's going to be like. And that's the regulation of AI. And I mean, what is that framework going to look like? Are there going to be policies and procedures and regulations in guiding ethical AI development? Um, I don't know about the existing guidelines or principles. I, I'm not, uh, I don't want to sort of get into that here. I'm just sort of doing a solo podcast to hopefully make you just think, you know, are you using AI? Are you planning on using AI? And if you do incorporate it into your job, your life, your business, what is that going to do long-term to the way you view things and the way you do things? Um, are you going to stop writing emails on your own and you're always going to rely and hit that AI button for suggestions? What does it mean for our future? So I'd encourage all of you, um, if you aren't using AI, absolutely. Go on ChatGPT. It's life-changing. It's amazing. But stay informed. Um, keep your ear out for, you know, the topic of AI ethics. And I think collectively, as humans, it's our responsibility to make sure that the regulations are going to be there so the information that's coming back at us is not biased. So anyways, that's all I had to say today. Um, I thought it was important enough after Carrie came on last week just to sort of say, AI is great, but hang on. What's the other side of it? So hope you enjoyed this discussion. Garrett talking to himself again. And uh, we'll catch you next episode. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode today on the Investing to Win podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you are listening to this on. If this episode made you think of another investor, take a screenshot and share this podcast episode with them. Investing to Win is not only about helping you to win more, but WIN actually stands for Wise Investors Network. It's where we help our investors build a hands-off portfolio and have passive investments work for them. To catch the show notes for this episode and see how you can potentially partner with us, go to www.upperedgecapital.com and click on invest with us to learn more. Once again, the link is www.upperedgecapital.com. All links can be found in the description below. Until next time.